so last week um, towards the end of uh, the talk I uh, I mentioned the, the kind of habit of our minds of or particularly of attention to kind of move to what is not going well yeah. um, or to grosser levels of experience so the attention has this strong conditioning, strong habit to move, to shift, to focus, to go to what isn't going well, um, which is often a grosser level of experience, a more kind of coarse level of experience also. And it comes with um, the contraction and the shrinking of awareness and of the energy body. Now, this is an, it's, it's an important insight for us. So say um, there's an uncomfortable sensation in the body, the habit of attention is to go to that. Yeah? Oh, you know, there's a tickle, there's an itch, there's a, a slightly uncomfortable sensation somewhere, the attention goes there. And what we can start to notice with this habit, the attention goes there, and then there's a contraction of the um, energy body and a, a kind of a, um, a shrinking of awareness around um, around that, yeah. So it could be an unpleasant sensation. It could be an unpleasant sound. Um, it could be an unpleasant thought. Uh, and and when I say unpleasant, we're including the very very mildly unpleasant range. That's where we can see it. Um, can get the insight in a way more most uh, juicily and excessively because we you know why <laughs> I focus on you know this slightly uncomfortable sensation when there's so much more going. So this is a, a, a habit of attention, which is important for us to, to know, to get familiar with. Um, and it's very much survival-based. You know, I said that last time as well. It's kind of a survival-based um, strategy of the, of the problem. Um, and it can be really interesting to hold that, knowing that there is this habit alongside the kind of remembering what we're doing, and why we're here, why we're practicing. And that, you know, talking about it last time, is this sense of wholeheartedness uh, in the practice, uh, that real deep intention of metta and compassion. And then, you know, also for, for many of us, really helpful to remember practicing um, not just individually, also, you know, but not just for the, the well-being of this body, heart, mind, but actually um, for the benefit of all. So I want to talk uh, more about these, um, this habit of uh, contraction, this habit of kind of noticing and fixating on um, what is is not going well um, and this did you know kind of came up in in certain ways in what people were bringing um, earlier in the questions um, and and one form you know, that these habits take uh, this habitual movement of contraction takes is what are called the hindrances and some of you are familiar with them. If, if just notice what's happening in the mind. If, if there's something along the, the lines of hindrances, really, 
I know, I know about the hindrances. I don't want to hear about them again. Just notice what's going on. <laughs> Just notice. It's interesting. And it's interesting because we may have that response. Yeah, if we if we if we've heard uh, talks or um, practice guidance around hindrances, we we may have that response of oh, I, I've heard this, I know this, um, and yet. You know, we look at the teachings, you know, these, these don't disappear until the very, very end of our journey, until full awakening. And so it kind of hints that it's worth, you know, to contemplate them, to kind of develop the skill to work with them. So, um, yeah, there's a, in the tradition, five primary hindrances that are that are spoken of and um i'm going to speak about them today this is a bit of a like a, a, a advertisement you know from the particular lens of samadhi practice so <laughs> kind of keep keep alert if you can um so these five yeah doubt that sense of um I, I like to talk about, about it as doubt and confusion. It's also confusion, the places when we're not sure, when we don't know, when we think, uh, you know, when we think in every possible direction. <laughs> and uh, um, when there's doubt in ourselves, doubt in the teachings, you know, doubt in the teachers, whatever, um, the sense of, ah, this is impossible. There's desire and aversion. You know, the kind of uh, trying to get what we we think is going to make us happy and trying to get rid of what we think is blocking our happiness and well-being. And that's kind of one pairing. And the second pairing is um, the, the movement between low energy and high energy, between sloth, uh, dullness, uh, tiredness, and too much energy, restlessness. Um, and so, yeah, these are companions on the path. And as I said, according to the teachings, they're companions on the path the whole way, you know, the whole way. Uh, they, they, they are there with us. Um, and as the name hindrances suggests, they, um, they get in the way. Well, that's one way we can understand this. Getting in the way, obstructing, hindering. You know, hindering means getting in the way of uh, samadhi yeah. get in the way of samadhi they get in the way um, of the development and involvement of our practice and they particularly get in the way of that unification and harmonization yeah. they distract yeah. they distract i'm saying hindrance is that the word you don't understand yeah hindrance so it's it's just a word that describes it's it, it means like a obstacle yeah okay great thank you for checking and so it's interesting to know that these occur these um obstacles arise in our practice and they have a real impact on their kind of distracting yeah they pull apart our experience which is the opposite movement 
to samadhi, which is a, a harmonization, unification, gathering. And it's also interesting for us to reflect on the ways that we habitually, you know, how we tend to relate to them when they arise. And I've kind of been hinting um, to, to some of these already, but I'm going to um, kind of uh, unpack them a little bit. So when hindrances obstacles arise such as doubt such as such as aversion such as desire such as restlessness or tiredness and dullness low energy um one thing that happens is that on some level we are fascinated yeah it's like the you know the the focus of attention goes to them yeah and focuses on them so it's a type of fascination and i can see some of you kind of what no, I don't like them. I hate them. But if we really pay attention, we might see that some of the time there's a certain fascination, which is which means we give them our attention. Yeah. And it's almost um uh without intention. Yeah. Just the attention goes there and it focuses and it kind of um fixates. Another uh, and this may seem contradictory, but again, if we, if we reflect on our experience, we can see this. Another way that we habitually relate to the presence of these hindrances or obstacles is aversion. We want to get, we don't like them, yeah, because, you know, let's be, let's be honest. Restlessness doesn't feel very nice, neither does tiredness. Doubt is certainly nobody's favorite except mine. Um, after many years of practice um yeah so so there, there will often be a version um, and maybe the most important thing is that we um we relate to them as valid yeah we validate them we believe the hindrances and we believe the stories that they tell mm -hmm. This is really important that this happens. It's a habit, it's very strong, it's very impulsive. There's aversion, and we're fascinated by it, we're aversive to the aversion, and we believe it. Yeah, sometimes all at the same time, not always, sometimes there's only one of these. So, we'll come back to this with any meditation practice and very much with samadhi practice, we're interested to develop a wholesome relationship to the hindrances. And actually, you know, we're interested, we don't have a choice. <laughs> we have to, otherwise they'll continue to be an obstruction. If we meet them with more aversion, we know what happens. We meet aversion with aversion, it just grows. When we desire with aversion, it just grows. When we doubt with aversion, it just grows. So we have to change the relationship. And a lot of what we're doing with our practice is we're developing a wholesome relationship um, to, to these five hindrances. One that frees us up to work with them skillfully. And also, um, you know, we like to say kind of allows us to extract the nectar of insight and wisdom that is available. Now, when we relate 
to hindrances skillfully. There's a there's a, a kind of a, a nectar, there's a, a juice, there's a richness of insight and wisdom that's available. So this is all kind of general about working with, with um, the hindrances skillfully. And then particularly with samadhi practice. So this may be different with different intentions of practice. So you see how beautifully I, um, you know, I actually plant these people who ask the questions at the beginning to tune into what I want to say. You can see what a beautiful job I've done. It's very carefully crafted. The conceptual framework, what we practice, what our intention for practice is also will inform how we attend to hindrances. It might be different if we're doing a mindfulness practice, if we're doing an insight practice, if we're doing a samadhi practice. Yeah, it might be different. The first step for all of them, all of them is recognition. Yeah? We want to recognize that this is a hindrance, that there's a hindrance yeah, appearing now showing itself and this recognition this is a hindrance it already balances the fascination <laughs> that we have with it because without recognition oh this aversion or this desire it's a movement of hindrance we're just pulled we're fascinated by the movement we're fascinated by the object of the aversion or the desire we don't kind of this kind of seeing, ah, there's a hindrance, already kind of decouples that a little bit, opens up some space, and it tunes us to potential. So the first step is to recognize hindrance is present, and to remember this is a potential gateway for further freedom. And when we do that, we are kind of responding to that aversion. Yeah, remember we said fascination, aversion. When I remember, ah, this is an opportunity it's not just a problem. It's not just getting in the way. It's an opportunity here yeah, for further freedom, actually for further samadhi, if I tend to this skillfully. So I'm kind of, uh, again, opening up, loosening that, that um, habit. So already more perspective, less entanglement. Sometimes that is enough. Yeah, maybe the hindrance is not very strong because like samadhi and like everything else, they arise with a spectrum. Yeah, they can be very mild. Yeah, a little bit of aversion or a little bit of doubt. And it's enough to recognize, yeah, to see, ah, there's a hindrance here, or there's aversion here. I don't need to focus on it. I don't need to make that the, the kind of um, the main thing I pay attention to. It's another thing that's appearing, just like birdsong, just like that metaphrase a moment ago, <laughs> or whatever it was. There's this. Yeah? It's appearing. It's not more true. It's not more valid than anything else appearing. And so the first um, kind of uh, the first response to hindrances is to notice them, yeah? to recognize this is a hindrance, and to see if I can come back to my samadhi practice. So I notice and let go, and I come back to the base practice or to the well-being, whatever I was with up until then. 
and to see, ah, can I actually, and it's really like, uh, it's like developing a muscle to do that, yeah? The muscle of not getting pulled in, not getting sucked in. To the, you know, it's almost like from um, a noun, we need to make the hindrances a verb, yeah? The hindrancing, the hindering, yeah? The obstructing, yeah? So we're kind of pulling our energy away from that process. And we're just bringing it back. And if that's possible for us, we just do that. And it doesn't matter if it kind of we do it and then two seconds later, <laughs> it's, it's, it's that same, yeah, that same one or, some, some, or a different one. Um, we just keep cultivating that skill, yeah, um, strengthening that muscle, coming back and coming back to, to, the, to the samadhi practice. And we can really use the, the three Ps here. You know, we can see that as well, right? The, the perseverance, the patience, the playfulness, really important because they really support us in that movement. Yeah, there's aversion again, or there's desire again, and you know, then seeing it, and then the patience. Okay, yeah, how do I come back to the samadhi now with playfulness? Yeah, how do I make that movement? How do I make that that dance? So sometimes this will be. This is our first response. This is what we might be doing quite a lot of the time. Other times. Um, the hindrance either is much more persistent yeah, or stronger. So the kind of um, degree is more. Either it's more persistent um, or it's, um, so we don't even get two seconds <laughs> back with the samadhi practice. It's just pulling us. Um, or uh, it's very, very strong. It's very, very strong. And then, we actually turn to work with it directly. Yeah? So we kind of, we can say, okay, I'm going to work with this now to till the ground, to create the, the supportive conditions to go back to samadhi practice. Yeah? And it's part of the samadhi practice, but it's not focusing on the well-being in that moment, but actually on attending um, to, the, to the hindrance. Are we okay to go for another 10 minutes? Anyone desperate for a break? Wave at me. Okay. So, how do we do that? A few kind of suggestions. So the first one is, um, you know, again, we recognize that there's a hindrance present. We've probably already done that if we've realized that it, it kind of needs our full attention. And the, then, then kind of the first thing we can do is just a reminder. Yeah? A hindrance is just a hindrance. Yeah? This is just a hindrance yeah? because it builds up a story. And I have this image when I do this of like deflating the balloon. Yeah. or even popping it you know the hindrances they just blow up into enormous things like a big puppet you know but it's just a balloon yeah and we just ah hindrance is just a hindrance and that deflates the other way is remembering i'm taking this personally but it's not actually personal this is a, a movement of the human heart mind it's 
common to all of us. It becomes very personal and that taking it personally is part of what feeds it. It's not as personal as it appears to me right now. It's not as personal as I'm taking it to be. I don't need to believe the story that it's telling you. And then we can start working with it. So um, we can, with all the hindrances, it's really helpful to um, work with the energy body as we've been doing and to open the awareness to the whole body. So this movement that we've been practicing, opening the awareness to the whole body, you may have noticed one thing that it does is it makes things less sticky. And it is a contra, it's like comes as a counter movement to the movement of contraction. Hindrances arise with contraction. When we open to the whole body, weakens the hindrances, weakens the stickiness of them. So, with all the hindrances, we can do this. And then we can begin to work through the body. Yeah, so we're opening the energy body, we keep doing that, and we uh, can attend to particular hindrances. I'm just going to give some examples mm-hmm. through, um, through the body. So for example, um, if there's a lot of desire for something, tuning in to the um, contentment yeah, that's available through breathing in this moment. Yeah? So we're tuning in to Contentment with the breath, um, tuning in to softening and opening yeah, with aversion. Again, aversion requires contraction. We soften and open, just you know, reflect for yourself and explore for yourself what happens to that. Um, with restlessness, with high energy and low energy, also with the breathing, tuning in to a breath that energizes if we feel dull, tuning into a breath that soothes and opens the space if we feel restless. So I hope we can start to get the feeling how this is all um, what we call body fabrication, yeah, tending to experience through the body, yeah? how if we're using the energy body and the breath already, we're attending to the hindrances, but we're actually already incorporating samadhi, right? Because we're breathing in a way that's attending to experience. I need to soothe, I need to energize, I need to tune into connect, content, contentment, I need to tune into softening and opening. Yeah? And with doubt, helpful to kind of breathe and get a sense of the body in a way that's grounding. Grounding, ground, ground, ground. Doubt takes spirals. Yeah, does this. Yeah, we can feel it. So grounding, really helpful. So this is using the body as, as ways to attend. And for different hindrances or different people, you may find that using the body, using the verbal fabrication, the words, or using the, the, the mental fabrication will be more helpful. I'm just going to offer some tips for each of these. So through language, how do we meet the hindrances through language? Um, So again, this hindrance is just a hindrance. I said at the beginning, really helpful. Just a hindrance. You're just a hindrance. That's all you are. 
and deflating that balloon as we do that. Not as, per not as personal as it appears to be. Another kind of use of, of words. Um, dropping in the word that is the antidote to what we're feeling. So calm if we're feeling restless. Mm. Energy if we're feeling tired. Contentment or gratitude if we're feeling a lot of desire. And you may find your own words. These are just the ones I use. Meta, love, yeah. If there's a version of compassion. This is possible when there's doubt. This is possible. It's possible. And then the kind of the kind of the what we call the mental fabrication, the attitude that we've been talking about since the previous session. Yeah, tuning into an attitude that is helpful, that wholeheartedness. I'm willing to do this. Yeah. I'm willing to do this. And that's kind of what happens with us with hindrances. We we want to get away. So no, I don't want to be here. Yeah. I don't want to be here with this aversive or with this tiredness. This is I'm willing to be here. Yeah, there's something here that's worth staying with. The kind of energy and interest, bringing energy and interest with the atmosphere of compassion and better friendliness, yeah, with the patience and the playfulness. And for some of us remembering, this is not just about me, this is not just for me. We're doing this um, for all our sake, this understanding. Really helpful to remember here, hindrances don't just arise in meditation practice. This is the, one of the big myths. <laughs> if I didn't meditate, I wouldn't have to deal with them. Just look at your lives. They arise all the time. So, ah, there's something here, value. If I learn to work with this skillfully here, this is going to be, you know, a game changer for my life. So, kind of taking that in as well. So again, this too, fuel for the practice, fuel for awakening. And so these are kind of hopefully giving us, I've said a lot, so just take one or two of these ways of working with, with the hindrances when they arise. Important to remember, we don't go looking for them. They arise of their own accord. Yeah, they will come. We don't go looking for them. They will come. Um, and we can work with them. And the most important thing to remember is there's something we can do. There's always something we can do to attend um, to them. And as we do that, as we learn how to attend to hindrances skillfully, we're actually cultivating the deep end of insight. Deep end of insight. So this is another myth about hindrances. They're for beginners. Yeah, I said that at the beginning of this talk. Yeah, oh, hindrances, they're for beginners. Once you get good at meditation, you don't need to worry about them. And it's like, no, as we work with them, as we meet them, as we get more skillful and skilled, we're cultivating the deep end of insight into the conditioned nature of experience. And we start to see how I relate to this matters. And there's a way of attending to experience that brings transformation um, and change so we kind of get more and more interested interested in the fluctuations um, of, of 
the kind of the hindrances, the spectrum, and their disappearance. Their arising and their disappearance and their change. Really helpful with this, the attitude of being interested in growth rather than perfection. <laughs> interested in growth rather than perfection. That's what we're interested in. And Rob, Robert Bear used to have, he had this beautiful way of speaking about um, hindrances. He said, you know, hindrances are the rich underbelly of samadhi practice. Because they're so clear when we practice samadhi, we see them so clearly. And that's such an opportunity to work with them. Such an opportunity to work with them. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.